Thank you for tuning in to Spill the Beans. We're here to amplify the voices of coffee farmers and roasters and share them with our fellow coffee consumers through authentic conversation. I'm your host, Farah, and I'm here to help demystify the coffee experience for producers, roasters, and consumers. We're here to ask the hard questions about coffee, wherever you are in your coffee journey. Today we're talking to Sara of Coffee Translator and Cielo Tostado. Sara is based out of Medellin, Colombia. She owns a coffee farm and roast coffee, and she's bringing her expertise to you on Instagram through her handle, Coffee Translator. Today, we're talking gender parity in coffee, ecotourism, supply chains, and why choosing ethical products matter. Come spill the beans with us. Good morning, Sarah. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Spill the Beans. We're really excited to have you because you have such an interesting background. You not only have a coffee brand, Cielo Tostado, but you also have a different coffee consulting brand called the Coffee Translator. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Coffee Translator and Cielo Tostado just to help orient our listeners as to all of the expertise that you're able to give? First, thank you so much, Farah, for having me in here. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to share sort of my experience in the coffee piece, coffee farmer, coffee woman that is involved in the coffee business and entrepreneur. And yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you. And well, let me tell you a little bit about Coffee Translator. I started Coffee Translator three years ago, and it was just like a way to show people that it's not in the coffee field, the way that coffee is processed, the way that coffee business work, how it's to run a farm, and yeah, everything that is behind a cup of coffee, because it says super interesting and i realized that there is a lot of people that they have no idea of the ton of works and effort that is behind a cup of coffee and that's why i started and actually it was just like a ig thing uh, like sharing everything letting people know how we do the process at the coffee farm, at the grocery and everything else. And then I realized that there was a lot of people like that they really wanted to know what is the lie behind and everything. That's how Coffee Translator started. And then I also realized the power of sharing my experience and my knowledge about coffee and also change the industry in order to put more conscience into the people and how to buy coffee in a more conscious way, thinking and how to support the whole chain instead of buying cheap coffee or coffee that's too expensive, but maybe you are not helping the people that should be helped in the coffee industry. And well, Cielo Tostado, that's our brand. We are um, coffee farmers for more than 15 years. And around eight years ago, we decided to start our own brand of coffee. 
So it was the first time we roasted our own coffee from the farm. We reserved the best of it. And then we started the coffee business just as a coffee brand. No more selling like green beans or selling to different buyers, but just like improving the chain in order to have better profit. And yeah, also like trying to educate uh, the people in how to drink good coffee because in here in Colombia, this is something recently new. We have been in the industry for many, 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 many years, but in the specialty coffee is just, I would say something around 15 years or so. So there is a lot of people that need to educate and that still want to know why a good coffee is better than cheap one that doesn't have the best quality why buying to a coffee farmer is better than buying to a huge company and those kind of things uh, they are very important and that's how we started and two years ago we decided to open our own grocery our own coffee grocery in order to have the whole process from the farm to the cup and that's more or less everything. Oh, that's great. I mean, I think that's what we're trying to do here on this podcast is to educate consumers who largely just don't really know what goes into the cup. They are drinking and they enjoy what they get, but they largely don't know the stories behind it. So we love hearing your experience. One of the things that's so cool about what you exactly. do is because you own that end-to-end -end coffee value chain for your coffee brand, you're able to control so many things, whether it's the coffee farming and production process, as well as the harvesting, milling, and then the selling process. What has that experience been like for you? Well, it has been very challenging because when you have control, well, you can prove things, but this sounds like great. But when you apply it to real life, it's like a lot of things are happening. But of course, we decided to open our own grocery because we were producing a very good quality coffee. And sometimes when we went to find someone to roast our coffee, we found a lot of issues we found that sometimes they made mistake with the roasting types sometimes the service what not was not the best when you are like when you are small and you want to start growing it is kind of complicated and sometimes they the big companies that roast coffee they don't pay attention to small clients so for us, it was, that was the decision that we were producing a very good quality coffee, but where we were roasting, we were not happy at all. And that's why we decided to do the whole thing. And of course, it is very challenging because there is a ton of work to do, but of course, we have the control of everything. So it's better for us. We know 
what is happening in the roasting process, in the packaging, and when we export the coffee. So it's so much better to have control with all the coffee chain. And also, in the other hand, it is very nice because we also roast coffee for other small brands like us in the beginning. And because we have the experience in the past, we are able to help them to improve their brand, to improve their product, to be this guide or person that is just supporting them in the process. And I think that that's very important because when you are in the coffee business, you understand that uh, the more we support each other, the more we grow each other, the more we improve each other, the better for the coffee industry. This is not like a selfish thing or a thought of, oh, I want to sell the more, I want to be the better. I, oh, I think it's, it's, it's completely the opposite. The more we support, the more we share, the more we improve our quality and everything the better it is for everyone in the coffee industry and that's one of our values in coffee translator and of course yellow tostado i think what many people don't know who live in the countries that don't produce coffee like the united states and countries in europe is that a lot of farms are actually very small they tend to be very small family farms how would you suggest I know that your experience has been that you've had the opportunity to take that end to end. Not every single farmer is going to have that. One of the challenges is that a lot of coffee farmers are marginalized. Are there things that they can do? Maybe it's working with you to roast their own coffees, form co-ops, or are there other strategies that you've seen either in Colombia or any other coffee countries that you've been to? Right. Well, it sounds so easy for me to say now, like I have export coffee, I sell export to the US and Germany, but it was like, but it was like a very difficult path, even though knowing that I'm an educated woman, that I speak English, that I have connections that yes, like I'm privileged in, if you, if you see that way, and it has been like very, very complicated to do all this process. So of course, for coffee farmer, for small coffee farmers, it is almost, sometimes it's almost impossible. Think about the, the language barrier, just like that. If you don't speak English, it will be all very complicated to export your coffee or to find clients or it's not as easy as, as you think or as more people think. It's like, oh, you're selling coffee. No, it's, it's a huge thing. Of course, there are some companies or charities that work with this and that, but uh, I guess it's just, it's a both thing. It's like, like a double work or something like that. Like from the customers. Customers need to be more educated and know what kind of coffee are they buying? Are they supporting for real the industry? Or are they not and not helping at all someone in the chain? That's a, that's a question that we need to think, not only with coffee. I try to apply in most 
you know, almost all the products I consume, like when I buy, I don't know, a hat or a shirt, I'm like, is this helping someone in the chain? Or I don't know when you buy a t-shirt, I don't want to say a brand, but maybe cost like $3. Is this helping someone in the chain? This is a very important thought that we should think. So it's like a double work. One, customers. Customers need to educate themselves. They need to change the way they drink coffee. Maybe go to a local uh, grocery store where they can find coffee that they know that this coffee is from the farm Buenaventura and the producer is Don Rosito Perez from Mexico and they know direct trade with these um, coffee farmers but it, it, it needs to be a uh, double work and in the other hand the farmer it has a more complicated path because they need to change the way that they have been doing the things for many 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 years because even for them to roast their own coffee it's complicated they live in small little towns. They don't have a lot of money to invest. Sometimes it's better to sell your coffee on green beans or pergamino. So it's just a double work. But for me, it is so much difficult for the farmers. And that's why I try to support them and to share my knowledge with the people so they can educate themselves and they can start supporting the industry in another way because the more people are buying this kind of coffees or direct trade or fair trade or coffee roasters that they both trade from the farmers the more farmers can be benefit for these kind of things I think so. I love what you said about consumers making the right choices, no matter what product you purchase, whether it's clothing, whether it's, I know Colombia is a big producer of avocados and we bring that into the U.S. and other, other places. Avocados and coffee are my two favorite exports, so. <laughs> but that's, that's perfect. One thing that is cool about what you do is you also offer ecotourism or coffee tourism. For people who are maybe consumers or really love coffee who aren't in the coffee industry, how can going to a coffee farm change their experience or immerse them into um, an experience of what it's like to be a part of that coffee value chain? It is amazing. And actually, this is one of my favorite things of my career, of my work. It's because I am a very social person. Like, I really love to share things with the people. And I realized about this one day, like probably, I don't know, six years ago, a lot of baristas and coffee exporters and importers came to our coffee farm. And it was a, a group of 15 people, and they, and they had never seen a coffee plant. And I was like, what? You have been drinking coffee? You have been selling coffee? You have been be, like doing coffee, serving people to people, serving coffee to people, and you have never seen like a plant? And it surprised me a lot. Like a lot of people that are involved in the coffee business, they don't know 
all the work that is behind a cup of coffee. They had never seen how the coffee is picked, how it's processed, and all the different and small little details that are behind the cup that you drink every day. So at that moment, I realized about that. And when I started Coffee Translator, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, I want to go to the farm. It sounds amazing. The pictures, the video, everything looks great. It's my dream to be in the coffee plantation and this and that. And that's how we started. And that's how everything started with this coffee immersion program that is basically a, like all the little single details that are behind a cup of coffee. It means we go to the farm, we see how the how all the plants are planted, we go through the micro lots, we see the different animals and birds and biodiversity that it's in our coffee farm actually we pick the beans like there is one day that we pick the beans the way that should be picked so the people understand the work that is behind a car because but when you're doing this when you're picking coffee uh, mosquitoes are biting you it is sometimes it's very hot sometimes it's raining it's just it's a hard work. Like when people see this, it's like, what? How come? Like they probably the most of the people they didn't realize all all about these little things that it's it's like a, behind a cup of coffee. And also we go to the town. We go to the town. We see how coffee farmers sell the coffee when they sell as green bean to be exported out of Colombia. We also go and visit our neighbors. And yeah, it's more like a immersion program of just realizing everything about the coffee culture. It is a whole week and you see like the change. It is just so, call me romantic, call me whatever, but it's just like, yeah, like being immersed in the farm, knowing all the process, the birds, um, everything and then like realizing how this uh, product that we take it for granted it's done uh, it is very very interesting and i think it is it is very cool to give it like the real value and to show people why it's important to pay the, the right prices to be more equal and yes to just take more how to support the industry in a good way. I think that's so interesting because in the U.S. and in other coffee drinking countries where we don't produce coffee a lot of us take coffee as this artisan product like wine. We're spending 18 to 30 dollars on eight ounces of coffee and we may not necessarily have full transparency into what's happening at the farm but at the same time, there's a disconnect because we treat coffee like an agricultural product on the other side of the coffee value chain. So I think that that's great that the tourism that you're offering helps people see that gap of how it is truly an artisan product. Let's switch gears just a little bit. 
you are the first woman that we've had on this podcast, which is awesome. Women are often the unsung heroes of coffee. When we think about women as leaders, they tend to be collaborative. They tend to share best practices. So when they work in farms, they may be really helpful. How is it being a woman in the coffee industry and how do you think women play an important value within the coffee ecosystem and the coffee story? Right. Well, this is a very important topic, I think. So women, they have been always uh, involved in the coffee industry, but they have been that maybe um, under, like, not very noticeable. Like, of course, in every farm, there is always a woman taking care about everything, every single details. And they are like the hidden heroes of coffee. But I think, for example, that now the new generations are changing a lot. And you can see like probably, I don't know, 20 years ago, or I don't know, 15 years ago, when we started with the farm and everything, there were not a lot of women in the coffee industry. Like now you can see a lot of baristas, a lot of roasters and entrepreneurs and everything. And that's very nice to see like the industry is changing. And in the farms, actually, when coffee needs to be picked in a very selective way, uh, women are the ones that play this process because they have a, a very unique and detailed way to pick up the coffee. So they will just pick the beans that are very in the right stage of ripening and they take care of all the little details to make a cup of coffee better. So that's why in coffee farms they are very important and as I told you it has been very nice and very powerful to see how the industry is becoming better and a lot of women are starting to take the power and I know that there is a lot of work to do there is a lot of women that need to start like owning the shit like yes I need to do this but I think it's just that we are in the right path. Like it takes time. This is happening with everything. So it's not like it's something new. So maybe it will take a little bit of time of people to, of women to start in the right places or encouraging to be more proactive in the coffee industry. But I think that this is changing and this is very, very, very nice. Actually, when we were in quarantine in Colombia, because it was a very, very strict quarantine in Cielo Tostado, our coffee brand and grocery, we did like a lot of interviews with women that are involved in the coffee business. And it was just so encouraging to see all these stories of these women and the way that they started and their thoughts and also they have seen the change and it was very nice for me as I was the one that was interviewing it was like very encouraging to see other women in the coffee business like me 
doing the same things and having the same thoughts and working hard and not trying to put these boundaries about men and women just decided to work together and yes it was very very nice awesome that's that's great i mean i think you're spot on with gender parity in every single industry I work in the finance industry in my day to day, so I know that that continues to be a challenge for us. So it's great that not only are we seeing more female farmers who are doing an amazing job of picking, but also we're seeing more baristas and roasters and just women in coffee in general, which is so cool. I'm curious to understand, I know you've already hit on for ecotourism with the quarantine, you've had to take a step back with how many people can come visit. How else has COVID-19 impacted the field and your business? It was complicated. At the beginning, it was very complicated because in here in Colombia was like, oh, okay, one day, like everything is closed for almost, I think it was something around six to eight weeks. It was very, very complicated because, yeah, the government take a very strict decision of closing everything because we don't have the same health infrastructure in their countries. And those months were very complicated. I would say the first four, six months, they were very, very complicated. A lot of, like three very close friends, they closed the coffee business because it was a difficult thing. And also, well, for everyone in the economy, I think. But I'm speaking about coffee shops and places in the city. But in the farm, of course, there is not quarantine for coffee. We're still producing, we're still doing the thing. We have a lot of protocols in order to protect ourselves about from COVID and everything. But the first months, they were very complicated in many ways also the fact of thinking that there was a lot of uncertainty it was very sad actually and now things are changing it has been like probably around one month or so or two months i will say that things are so much better september better but it was it was a, a big issue here well in all over the world but um, has affected in many ways and also at the coffee grocery we need to have a lot of uh, protocols in order to work so it was so much difficult to get used to all these things to wearing a mask for 10 hours to have everything disinfected every one hour to still avoiding a lot of contact with clients like well everything was like schedule before so we can just apply social distancing and the fact of it was so sad like not receiving customers it was like a, a energy that you can feel I'm, I'm a lot into this kind of thing like I'm very sensitive with these things and it was a very complicated thing fortunately now things are changing but I guess that does all these challenges and things that we cannot control take us to other paths and help us to think in different ways to do things to change our ways or 
producing money or survive because that's what we were doing for a couple of months. We were like, okay, we're just paying everything and that's okay, never mind. Because when you run a business, for example, in my case, the most important is, is our workers. So for us, was like the priority were the workers. And my right hand, she's a very young lady. She's 23 and she has a daughter. And she was the only one that was working and at that moment and during quarantine in his house. And she has four brothers and sisters, mom and dad. But the mom, the dad is a taxi driver and taxi driver were like one of the worst um, the people that were more affected during the very strict quarantine because no one can go out of course and yes for us she was like priority because you never realize that until you start giving employing people you everyone every time you employ someone so yes that was one of our priorities and the same at the farm like at the farm we have uh, depending on the time but between the less we have when we don't have harvest it's around five people and the more we have it's around 30 to 35 people so there's a lot of people that depend on us and that was our priority like to give them the money to live and yeah the other things we will be we will be recovering in the future i'm 100 sure i know that this experience helped us a lot in many 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 different ways and it's okay but for us that's something very important and that's something that we love about the coffee industry that it's like how uh, a lot of people involved a lot of people depend on these things a lot of hands are in this process and on the other hand we never it is so important to always remember that we are human beings and the way that we should do things that helping each other being part of a family and that's one of our values that's incredible i know that that's so challenging i can't even imagine what that's like both from the roastery side as well as the farming side having so many people's livelihoods depend on you but that's amazing to see and not just with you but with other people within the coffee industry focusing on the people and the big challenges that we have coming up within the coffee industry particularly around making sure that the people behind the coffee industry are supported so that we can continue to have coffee for at least a few more years <laughs> i know that with you owning the end-to-end -end process of coffee there's a lot of things that go into the flavors of coffee the aromas everything that goes into the cup and a big factor is the way that we wash or process coffees. With the farms that you work with, the farm that you work with, you do a variety of different processes. How do you decide what harvests get processed in different ways and why do you choose that? Right. It is a complicated word, but we will try to make it easier. It's like I think that you have a lab at the farm and that you can start doing different flavors with your coffee. I'm not saying that coffee will become chocolate because we do a process, but there are certain things such as fermentation 
that we can do in order to improve and enhance flavors and aromas of the coffee. For example, I don't know when we decided to go in and explore more like different processes, I start with naturals. The first time I tried seven years ago, and I was out studying coffee at a coffee school, and I tried a coffee, and I'm like, this tastes like bananas. How come this coffee tastes like bananas? And my, my teacher was like, oh, that's a natural coffee. And that's why this coffee tastes so different. And I just, I was obsessed with this flavor. I'm like, I need to do this. Like, I need, this is like my, my path in the life. And, and then I went to the farm and we picked the beans and with the, with the whole beans, with the pulp, and then we let it dry in African bed that we build ourselves. And we let it dry for around, it was something around 10 to 15 days, sun dried. And then we tried and we were like, wow, this is amazing. So because the coffee stays so much longer with the pulp, and the fruity of the bean, this coffee, it's very frugal. Like this coffee is not for everyone. Probably a lot of people will say, I don't like these. This coffee takes up like a lot of fruity. I don't like coffee to be fruity. But in our coffee, it tastes like a bit of tamarind, blackberries, bananas, and sometimes even a, a little bit of cinnamon and cognac. It is so, wow. it is very unique flavor. Of course, this is not for everyone. I to see something and also this kind of brand, a regular coffee. Not always, but of course, if you have a good quality of coffee, they will pay more than if you have just a regular, which is okay. I'm not saying that. Uh, regular coffee is bad. Of course, if you like specialty coffee, if you have, if you like natural honey wash, it is amazing. But also, the most important is to consume coffee. So, a uh, coffee industry can change in different ways. And from then, we started to do uh, honeys. That is, is the way that um, the coffee, the pulp of the coffee, is removed. And the coffee stays with the mucilage. So the mucilage will give the coffee sweeter flavor. And this is why it's called honey. So this is something between washed and natural. It's still not very, very strong, but you can feel different flavors. Maybe a little bit fruity, but not as much as natural. And then we have the wash, that this is the way that coffee has been processed for many, many years. So uh, the coffee is picked and then it's washed and then it's sun dry. So I will say that this is a, maybe a plain flavor, more normal, more regular, like uh, it can have, of course, 
fermentation process and different flavors, but let's call it that this is one of the simple ways or the more regular or normal way to process coffee. But uh, funny and interesting, the way that we can play with coffee in many different ways. Like we can do a lot of fermentation process, we can do a lot of experiments, and not all of them goes well because a lot of people think it's like, ah, that's so funny, you can do your thing and blah, 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 and then coffee will taste amazing. No, sometimes it tastes horrible. Because it's just about experimenting. And that's the other thing about, I don't know, farms. Like, for example, if a farm wants like a prize because they have a katura, fermentation or maceration carbonica, carbonic maceration, that is like a very popular uh, fermentation process right now that everyone is crazy about this process. And I can start doing this kind of, a fermentation process that is very popular and famous now, but probably it won't be the same where if the farming tell me like, this is the recipe I did, and then I go to my farm and I do it with my coffee, there is not a chance that I can do it the same. Because a lot of people think that this is about a recipe like you follow and it's perfect. There is a lot of things that it needs to be considered, like the variety of the coffee, the attitude of the farm, the way you process the coffee, the temperature. Yeah, it's, it's like a very complicated and scientific work if we go to the fermentation. But, well, that's more or less what we need to know. I think that just goes to show how much of an artisan product coffee actually is. It's not just, oh, it's it's a plant and it somehow ends up in your local coffee shop. You have this beautiful brown bean water. <laughs> There's so much that goes into it. Exactly. This has been amazing. So for our listeners, how can they... I know you have a very active Instagram. How can they follow you on Instagram and how can they follow Cielo Tostado and support you? Okay, guys, uh, as Coffee Translator, I always share a lot of information about coffee in general. Also, a lot of things, tips of how to improve your consumption habits about coffee. And Yes, I also have some cool videos of a lot of things that people ask me and sometimes they are like, oh, I saw what I want to know this, can you help me with that or blah, 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 or why Colombian coffee is so famous or how can I uh, brew coffee from zero or what I need to do in order to buy better coffee. So I, I have a lot of knowledge there. So you can just go to Instagram and Follow me as Coffee Translator and Cielo Tostado also if you want. And yeah, thank you so much for having me again here, Farah. And I guess the most important thing um, I want to say, uh, it's like to realize all the effort that is behind a cup of coffee and maybe to be more supportive in the way that we buy our coffee. 
Thank you, Sarah. That was beautiful. And I know that our listeners will go ahead and if they can, maybe they can check you out when quarantine is over. Might be this year or might be 2021 or 2022. But if you are looking for your 2022 vacation plans, I know where I'll be. <laughs> thank you so okay, much. Thank you so much for being We hope you enjoyed today's coffee conversation. This podcast was produced by Farah Qureshi and Carlos Guzman. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate this podcast. If you especially liked what you heard, please find coffees that resonate with you and continue to give back to your communities in more ways than just your productivity at work. Tune in next time to spill the beans with us.